Merry Christmas. It's good to be with you. Thanks for carving out some time on this Christmas Eve to join us for our candlelight service. This service, before we are done here, will, uh, this room will be filled with the light of God as all of the lights will go down, and we will light the candles that we got on our way in from the Christ candle, which is the candle there at the top, which we began our service with. My name is Trevor, and I'm the lead pastor here at Risen, and wherever you're at, if you're just joining us for the first time, welcome. You're the right place tonight. Uh, We're so glad that you're here. Um, If you have a Bible, uh, we invite you to open up to Luke chapter 2, because I'm going to talk for just a few minutes this evening about the text that was just read, and I really want us together to see the heart of Christmas. There are a lot of ways in which we may miss what Christmas is all about, but if we get what we just read, if we understood what the angel said, I think we'd be in a much better place this evening to celebrate. In Luke chapter 2, an angel speaks to some shepherds, and that angel's message is vital. This Christmas, you're probably inundated with people telling you that Christmas is all about the season of giving. Everywhere we look, we see signs and billboards at the season of giving. We get emails from organizations that tell us it's the season of giving, and you've been lied to. The heart of Christmas, and please don't miss this, is that Christmas is not fundamentally about giving. Though that certainly is a part of it. Many of you will wake up tomorrow and there will be gifts under trees and you'll be exchanging them with people that you love. But the heart of Christmas is not about giving. For us, the heart of Christmas is about receiving. I don't know what presents you're expecting tomorrow. What it is you're hoping for if you sent out a wish list that you're hoping things get uh, satisfied on the list that you've put out. But what I want you to understand about Christmas, this Christmas, is that there is a present offered to you that you won't find under the tree and that won't come from a member of your family. Rather, the heart of Christmas is the truth that God offers you a present this Christmas. God offers you a present. And the question we are confronted with this evening, heading into tomorrow morning, is whether or not we will receive what God would like to give us. Luke chapter 2, we read an entire text, it was just read for us. Um, This text includes the birth of Christ, but I want to focus right after Christ is born. Starting in verse 8, we discover that there were shepherds. Shepherds were lowly people, and these particular shepherds are working the graveyard shift. It's late at night. They're watching their flocks. And into the middle of this moment, an angel speaks. Into this moment, brightness shines. The glory of the Lord is all around. And this angel will speak to these shepherds and declare that there is good news of great joy for all the people. The shepherds, obviously, in their mundane sort of moment, not anticipating anything extraordinary is going to happen. They're tired, they're probably dirty, and certainly weary. And into this moment, again, 
light breaks out, enough to cause them fear. Occasionally when I am driving, something that almost always causes me fear, and probably you too, is that moment when you're driving and lights go on, and they're red, and they're blue. Doesn't that immediately give you a sense of fear? And maybe you hear the sound of the siren. And you get, you get immediately, I don't care what you're doing, you sit up, you put your phone down, you make sure that everyone knows you've got your buckle on, and then you maybe begin to rightfully merge to the right lane, and then the scariest thing of all happens is when the car behind you also merges to the right lane, and you discover that you're now going to be confronted. Well, these angels are afraid, and the first thing that the, 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 sorry, the shepherds are afraid, and the first thing the angel says in the midst of their fear in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, is fear not. You don't need to be afraid anymore. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. The first thing that the angel says after telling them not to be afraid is that there is good news. And this is the first thing I want to say this evening. Is that what the angel says and what we as Christians believe is that this story is about good news and not about good advice. I imagine you have a lot of people in your life who want to give you advice. Advice about what stocks to invest in, about who to hang out with, what to do with your free time, about what shows to watch or music to listen to, about which events to attend and places to go. We love giving advice. And sometimes we can begin to think that Christian faith is primarily about God coming to us and giving us advice. Do this and hope it works out. But that is not what the angel says. The angel says, I've come to bring you good news. News is about something that's happened. News is not about what you do. It's about what has been done. And the angel says to these shepherds, I bring you good news. What is that good news? Verse 11, a Savior is born. Christ the King is born. That is the good news. But the good news is only good news to people who know the bad news. If you find yourself later this Christmas season turning on the news and discovering breaking news, celiac has been cured. Some of you, most of you would wonder, what's celiac? Few others of you may actually be excited because you know someone who has celiac. In my home, there would be rejoicing because my wife has celiac. And that would be good news that she can eat bread again like the rest of us. Because right now she can't because her body is allergic to gluten. That's part of having celiac. My point is, the good news is only good news if you understand the bad news. Otherwise, it's confusing. The declaration of the angels is to the shepherds, I've got good news, a Savior is being born. A Savior is born, Christ the King, and that's good news if you know you need a Savior. But if you don't think you need a Savior, then it's probably confusing. This is what the Bible teaches again and again and again. The bad news is that you cannot save yourself. There is no ladder that you could build, no bridge you could put together that would get you from wherever you're at into the peaceful presence of God. 
You can't rescue yourself. You can't save yourself. You need salvation. You carry into this room tonight a history of sins and secrets, a past that you may be attempting to sort of heal from or make up for. But your past, your secret sins, your realities and struggles and failures are not things that you can ultimately fix on your own, enough to earn you a place where you would be able to stand before God and say, God, I don't need you. I can do it. No, you need a Savior. You and I both live life with very little reference to God. We, we live as though we can make ourselves truly happy apart from the source of happiness. Imagine that, trying to create happiness apart from the very source of all happiness. You and I can't get to heaven on our own. We can't have peace with God on our own. And we cannot fix the mess that we've made. We need help. And Christmas is the moment where God declares, I will help you. God acts because the angel says, God is here to rescue you. A savior has come. It's good news. The good news is that while they can't fix themselves, they can't save themselves, they can't be right with God on their own, God has acted for them. God offers you a gift at Christmas and that gift is himself. God took on flesh and dwelt among us in the person of Jesus of Nazareth, the one whom we call Christ the King. He is the gift that God offers this season that you might have peace with God. Secondly, it's not just good news, it's great joy. The angel says, I've got good news, not good advice, of great joy. It's great joy, not momentary happiness. Joy in the Bible is an inward gladness that expresses itself. What makes this news a great joy and not just momentary happiness? A lot of things bring us momentary happiness. Presence will bring momentary happiness. Every parent in here knows that there are some toys under the tree that are going to bring about eight and a half minutes of happiness. Presents bring happiness when work is good, happiness. When grades are good, happiness. When school's out, happiness. When family's good and not fighting, happiness. When we take photos and someone shows us the photo and we look at it and we like how we look, happiness. The list goes on. And you're likely tomorrow to receive a gift that's going to give you some happiness. But is there any gift under the tree tomorrow that will bring you everlasting or great joy? Is there anything you'll find tomorrow that if it were taken away from you would also take away your happiness? I reckon that everything that you have that can be taken from you can also take away joy and happiness from you. But here the angel is declaring if the angel's right, that there is a gift that God has given us that brings great joy, that God wants to offer you something that can't be taken away from you. Imagine if it were true 
that there's a joy available that would last forever, that no matter how good things were are or how bad things were are, how you felt about yourself, how you looked in the mirror, how your health was, how your family was, imagine that there was, it was real, that there was a joy that could never be taken from you. That joy sounds great. It is the good news of a savior. And that good news of great joy comes with a promise. That promise, Jesus would say in John chapter 10, verse 28, says, I would give eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. That, that Jesus says that anyone who receives him would be placed into his hand and no one, nothing could snatch them from him. Life and peace with God forever. Joy in the face of difficulty. Where else can you find a joy that cannot be taken away? A joy that persists in the face of all challenges. And that's what God's Christmas present brings to you. Great joy. But who is it for? Look finally, verse 10. I give you good news of great joy for all the people. The promise that the angels are declaring to the shepherds is that the news of what God has done, that God has given a Savior, and that Savior is for everyone, not just the insiders. When the shepherds initially heard this call, they would have immediately perceived that the message was really just for Israel. And that would have been controversial enough. The recognition that it wasn't just some people in Israel, maybe those who lived in the nice places who had their lives together, right? That clearly maybe God must be for them because they were blessed in somehow. But, but you're telling me that even the lowly shepherds are a part of this message? That's good news. That's wonderful. But this news isn't just for Israel. It's for all. All who are lost. All who are lonely. All who are disconnected from God. All those who are sinners without hope. All those who are sad. And all those who are happy. No matter where you find yourself this evening, if you had a life of privilege or hardship, you need to know that this present is for you. When Jesus steps onto the scene, he's almost immediately criticized for the way that he begins to include the kinds of people that everybody else would naturally exclude. Most religious traditions are going to offer you some sort of pathway to peace with God. And it goes something like this. God gives you his law, rules, obligations. You follow them, and if you do a good job at them, then eventually you have earned peace and presence with God. The Christian message is precisely the opposite. It does not say that we are accepted after we obey. It says that God accepts us before we obey. It is the great equalizer because it declares that no matter how rich or poor you are, no matter how moral or immoral you are, no matter how good your history is or bad your history is, we all come in through the same door, through Christ. We all open the same gift, Christ. Nobody earns it. Nobody deserves it. Nobody gets to say, I'm better than you. 
God gives it. And God gives this gift of himself to all who would receive him because that's who God is. We still live in a world where people would say of how God would you possibly love them? How could you possibly serve them? How could you possibly invite them in? And Jesus said, I didn't come for the kinds of people that you come for. I didn't come for the people who are innately lovable. I came for the kinds of people who thought there is no way that God is going to give me a present. The truth is, every one of us in this room is an outsider. And we become insiders the same way by saying yes to the present that God offers us, his son, Christ the Lord. If you want God, if you want joy, if you want your highest good, then you have to say yes to God's gift, Jesus. So the question that we have for you this evening is, will you say yes to God's offer? He offers himself to you tonight but you have to receive it. Like all presents, they do have to be opened. You can't leave them under the tree for a day or a week or a month or a year, 10 years. Eventually, the only way to get in on this good news of great joy for all the people is you've got to receive it and you've got to open it. You've got to say yes to Jesus. This Christmas and every Christmas is all about giving. God has given us his son. God with us, Jesus, the savior, Christ, the king, the light of the world. And we don't receive God's light until we receive him. And he offers himself to you tonight. Will you receive him? Pray with me. Lord, there are so many misunderstandings of what it is that you have done in our world. I sit in a room full of people, some who feel like they are so far from you, they could never get close to you unless they clean up their, their own lives. Some of us are so arrogant as to think that we're just, we're really good people. And we have no concept of what it means to be in relationship with a holy, holy, holy God. And you humble us. You tell us that when we think too highly of ourselves, you remind us that we are sinful, broken people and that we can't fix our relationship with you. You have to act. And at the same time, when we are tempted to think too lowly of ourselves, you remind us that you sent your son into the world that we might be right with you through him. We can't think too highly of ourselves or too lowly of ourselves. Instead, give us eyes to see rightly, eyes to see by your light that what most awaits us this Christmas is the gift that you offer us, the gift of yourself in and through your son, Jesus. Draw us this evening to repent of our sins, to trust and say yes to Jesus and fill us with your light.
it's in your name we pray. Amen.